Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Sunday morning. And uh, we're talking about the new limits and, you know, pros and cons and, you know, that kind of deal. We'd love to hear opinions on it, but uh, we'll be talking to Gads all throughout the show and, Hey, guys are welcome to call in. I mean, hey, if you if you know more than uh, the rest of us and would like to share that uh, expertise with us and what you know about the fishery, we'd love to hear about it. I'm I'm open. My ears are open. I'm open for conversation. But uh, we're gonna go to Lynn Smith here next when we get him. But uh, just call us at seven one three five seven two four six ten, and uh, I'm sure Lynn would like to engage too. Good morning, Mr. Lynn Smith in Port O'Connor. What's Good going morning. on down there, boy? Oh, not a whole lot. Uh, they had that freeze-out tournament this weekend. Yep, I saw that, and uh, there were some pretty nice fish caught. Hey, I know it. I know it. I, I didn't get the results. Um, I, I know Jimmy Lloyd days. and Eric Simmons and them, I think they ended up second. They were second both days, you know, first day and second day, and I forget the team that won. But uh, they did good. We just lost you. We just lost Lynn Smith. How about that? You cut him off, didn't you, Jake? <laughs> no. no. Go ahead and get him back. But uh, no, that was uh, that tournament went down. I think next weekend they're having the down uh, in Corpus. They're having the Legends tournament. Saltwater Legends. That's next weekend. Boy, they're going to hit that right. There's some really nice fish being caught down there. I believe the stringers will be a little bit bigger than this past one. Anxious to see who does good in that. But, uh, no, we'd like to hear from you. You know, if you've got uh, some better ideas about our fishery or know things that we don't know that we should know, all right, we'd love to hear about it. All right. Lynn Smith. Yes, sir. All right. I don't know what happened. We just went, boom. That was it. I know. I heard a beep, and it was gone. So, well. Anyway, Gremlin, Gremlin's out there. Yeah, anyway, I heard they that. They had some pretty good fish caught, huh? Yeah, it was, it was very decent, you know? Oh, good. Good. Yeah, a friend of mine, uh, uh, his uh, nephew fished in it, and he said, uh, he said it was kind of strange. He said he was in a school of redfish. He said it must have been 100 redfish uh, swimming all around him. He couldn't get a thing to hit. He said they wow. wouldn't hit anything. Yeah. He said it Boy, was strange. Boy, we've seen that before with them nasty reds, man. Oh, I know it. I know it. You know, I've it's like that when, you, when you can see them, you can't catch them. When you don't see them, you catch them. It's crazy. I know it. I've had that happen with big trout, too. Yeah. I mean, I've had big trout swimming all around me and uh, swimming past me, and, and I throw everything in my in my bag with me and, and uh, can't get them to hit a thing. I mean, yeah, big trout have been evading my lure for about the last four or five years. <laughs> oh, I had caught man. a real big giant one in a long time, man. Oh, I tell you. I, I stood on, the, on that uh, north shoreline one day, and, and they had big trout coming by me, and it was just frustrating. I mean, I... They were coming down those guts, and uh, oh, they—I mean—swim within probably six feet of me, and I was—I was going through every bait I had, every different color, and uh, and pull it right in front of their noses, and they wouldn't touch it. You know, mm. just 
turn their noses up at it. Oh, my goodness. Just drives you crazy, you know? Yeah, it does. Oh, my goodness. I had a but day that's... like that back. It was right after the freeze in 90. Uh, I was up in the very top end of Trinity Bay. And uh, a lot of those fish uh, that dumped over in the river, they made it. You know, it didn't kill them. And uh, we were waiting at uh, those bars around the river with the knuckle shell, the clam shell on them. And uh, as it warmed up, those fish started getting on those flats. And I had, uh, I'll tell you who I had. I remember it like yesterday. It was Harold uh, Scoggins and Richard Napier. And we hit, we waited all day. We watched huge trout after huge trout just follow our lure right up to us. I mean, we're just, we're, we're beating the water up. I mean, we're, we're trying everything. And, and, uh, I guess about 30 minutes before dark with a full moon coming up, my sun setting, those fish let off. Oh my goodness. You <laughs> couldn't get a lure back. I mean, I'm talking big fish, you know, like seven, eight, nine pound fish. And, oh my goodness. Uh, and we're, we're standing there in the dark and all that green phosphorus is in the water and you can see your feet in waist deep water and you get a big old trout on. He'd come up shaking his head and you just see that green glow just flying everywhere out of the water. That was probably one of the most memorable trips. I mean, I've caught bigger fish and more fish than that one, but. As far as the setting, the way it all laid out, it was just unbelievable. And the fishing show was going on, and I didn't make it in that night because I had them. The next day, we brought 10 of those big fish in there when everybody thought all our fish were dead. And <laughs> we had, a, had that cooler. Oh. And, uh, oh, man, it blew up. It went it went viral. Man, that oh, was I something bet. else. God, we caught man. some toads. Man, man. Yeah, that, that's the days you never forget. You know? But just, you know, I mean, we fished from daylight till dark that day, and I think we had two fish that we caught all day as we watched all these fish follow our lure in in that clear water and uh, just couldn't catch them. And then the 30 minutes before dark, they lit off, and it was just like you, you just, you're just mm -hmm. overwhelmed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had a day like that when uh, – uh, we we hit them for about an hour and uh, one hour and they just like you say they just lit off trout and reds mm -hmm. and uh, they were all in one spot and uh, man they were just oh they were hungry you know and and uh, I, it didn't matter what you threw we were throwing broken backs and uh, silver side black back broken backs and I mean they were slamming it and uh, I had a friend and his wife that were. Uh, not too far from us, and uh, I mean, we didn't have enough ice to ice down those fish. And uh, I called <laughs> them on the radio, and I said, uh, "You got some ice?" And they said, uh, "Yeah." And I said, uh, "They said you need some." I said, "I think we do." <laughs> and uh, so they they came over to to see us, and they were idling over to us. And and his wife was standing up on the bow, and she said, "I don't even want to see them." I said, "Oh yes, you do." And, uh, oh, my goodness, I opened that cooler, and she looked in there, and she said, oh, my God. Uh, she said, I I've never seen anything like this. I said, yes. I said, we, we did this in one hour. And she said, oh, my goodness. She just shook her head. I mean, they were all big old trout, you know, and reds. And uh, we were just slamming them. And that day, this I hooked one trout, and uh, this uh, – guy that I had with me he said I, I think lynn's got the state record hooked here and i thought i did too but it was about a about a 26 inch trout and i had him hooked in the back with that oh yeah back. you know how that goes and uh oh man that that trout was taking line and it's hard to fight a fish line. down when you can't get any leverage on him can't turn his head no uh, <laughs> and uh i said oh man this is a good one you know and uh Anyway, I got him up there and had him hooked in the back, but uh, man, oh man, that was a that was a day to remember. Well, he had some good ones, I'll tell you. That was some pretty fish. But well, what do you think about all this new? Uh, you know, after the scoping meetings and then the commissioners' meeting and all that, what do you think about these new limits? Well, I'm uh, I'm, I'm for it, really. I really am. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to see it happen. Um, 
you know, let's let's give them a break. And uh, they they need a break. They really do. We lost some fish. We lost some fish in the lakes. You know, we do ever freeze. Right. And uh, and uh, and the fish we lose are the big fish. You know, they're, they're the big ones. And uh, and we all saw it happen. I mean, I came back from deer hunting um, after the freeze. I mean, I was in George West when that freeze hit, and uh, it got down to thirteen. It was thirteen degrees. I was sitting in a deer stand on a right on a pond, a little pond. And uh, I watched a big 10-point walk around that pond. It was frozen over. And he was walked completely around that pond trying to break the ice so he could so get he could a get drink. So he water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and cold. I said, man, this isn't good at all, you know. And I came back home that Wednesday. And uh, when I went through sea drift, uh, all the ditches and the, and the fields that had, ice, had water in them uh-huh. uh, were all frozen over. You know, wow. I said, man, this isn't good at all. This is not good. And I, as soon as I got home, I started calling people, you know, that I knew right. that had airboats and I knew they were going to be out on the bay. And, and I started yeah, getting duck reported. season was still going on then. A lot of duck hunters were seeing them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it was still early, and I knew that those fish would be on the bottom. You know, the trout mm-hmm. are going to be on the bottom. And, um, and so you didn't get many trout reports. I mean, you, they saw a lot of mullet, a lot of dead mullet on the shorelines, mm-hmm. but they didn't see many trout or reds. But then once it started warming up and those fish started coming up, well, right. then it was a whole different story, you know. Yeah. Oh, different story. A friend of mine said uh, they were duck hunting. They went into Pringle uh, several days later, and he said he never saw so many pelicans in his life. I mean, they were just in there gorging themselves on on those dead fish. Oh yeah. So you know, it's, it was it was bad. It was no doubt about that. So anyway, but now um, the the fish are you know they're they'll bounce back. There's no doubt about that. Uh, well, they always do. Yeah, but one saving grace. I mean, we did have low low tides. The tides were way down. So you know, there were a lot of fish uh, escaped. So there were a lot of fish in the deep holes, and um, and I'm I'm getting a lot of good reports of people that are out there fishing in the deeper holes. They're catching trout mm-hmm. and uh, keeper trout, so that's good. And um, you know, there's still a lot of redfish around and and uh, and keeper trout. So I mean, it's not like we got dead, you know, just torn up and everything's dead. It's not happening. Right. I mean, there's fish. So. We're still alive. There's no doubt about that. Well, it just, uh, uh, you know, when y'all went to that three fish deal after the 21 ordeal, y'all were, you know, everybody down your way, y'all were starting to come back pretty good with that three fish limit like it was. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It was helping considerably. It was. It definitely so hopefully, was. Uh, you know, when they impose this and, you know, coast wide, it'll, it'll help all, all the fisheries. From well, south it up will. To here. It will, and uh, I'm I'm glad you know they do it for the whole coast. You know, uh, not just not just uh, us, mm-hmm. but uh, where it hurt us, you know, was that you know people were were just fishing like Galveston. They're fishing South Padre, and they they left us. You know, we didn't get the business down here that that y'all got and South Padre got. Mm-hmm. And um, so we hurt. I mean, we got hurt big time. Yeah. And we didn't get the business. And uh, so I, I'm glad that, you know, now we'll, it, the business will be spread out. And well, for the help. meat haulers, this is going to put a lot of pressure on Louisiana as if they don't have enough. You know, they're, what they're fortunate of, they don't, they don't have a major city like Houston sitting on top of it over there no you know people have to no. travel to go over there i mean and it uh that makes a big difference numbers of it people. does yeah it does but there'll be a but lot of texans to... heading over that way <laughs> this next year yeah. too you know well, the they ones will. that want a meat hall yeah if they want a meat hall that's for sure but you know i mean they just have to get out of that meat hall mentality you know mm-hmm. I mean, get out there, catch three good fish, and and well, catch your release. Enjoy the trip for what it is. It's more than just a pile of dead fish, you know. That's right. Enjoy the day, 
catch you three good fish to keep and, and you know, and catch and release. Uh, throw the rest back, uh, you, yeah. That's the that's yeah, the I, valuable thing about fishing. You can always take it off the hook and throw it back in the water and don't hurt it. That's right. Catch it again. I usually ask people. I ask people get on the boat. I say, "Are we keeping anything today?" You know. Yeah. And and you know that, that kind of you can tell they say, "Well, maybe maybe enough to eat tonight." Well, that's great. You know, yeah, that's great. I don't hurt anything. No. No. Let me knock this break out, Lynn. I'll be right back to you, buddy. Hang with me. You bet. All yeah. right. Well, folks, if you're going fishing, well, you might want to wait and, and don't go till you've been to the 49th annual fishing show. That's coming up February 14th through the 18th. It's going to be held at the George R. Brown Convention Center. And we're talking everything for fishermen, all the new rods, reels, lures. There'll be factory reps there to answer all your questions and show you new product and guides from all over the country, from Alaska to South America, and dozens of fully rigged boats on display and hundreds of kayaks also. Clinics by expert fishermen. They'll be covering salt and fresh water. And don't forget about on the weekend, they have the special kids clinic. That's Saturday and Sunday. And all the great giveaways the kids will get for attending that. So if you love love to fish or you just want to learn more about fishing, especially around here, don't miss the 49th annual Houston Fishing Show. You can check it out at HoustonFishingShow.com. I've got $2 in the jukebox. Just in case that don't do the trick And I'll be dead broke tomorrow Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. 519 here in the Bayou City. All right, Lynn, we're back, my friend. Yes, sir. I hear you advertising the fishing show. This this will be the first time in, in almost 30 years that I'm not going to have a booth there this year. Well, I'll be darned. Yeah, well, I'm, I got tired of hauling all my stuff up there. I know I'm gonna, it's it's a I'm, job. Oh, it is a job. I'm gonna be uh, going over to the Laguna Rod booth and uh, and sit there with Laguna Rods and uh, probably Friday and Saturday I'll, I'll be in that booth and right. uh, and help them a little bit uh, if I can. Cool. <laughs> but, uh, oh, Tommy, uh, Tommy Coons is going to be there Saturday for sure. And, right. Uh, you know, they, he, he lost a leg, you know. Right, uh, I he, heard that. Yeah. That's terrible. Oh, it is. It is. But he's doing good. And uh, I talked to him a few days ago, a couple of days ago. and uh, But he's going to be there Saturday. And, uh, you know, I, I saw him here a while back. And, and uh, he's doing good with that prosthesis. And uh, so he'll probably be in his wheelchair but uh, or a walker, be on a walker. Right. But uh, anyway, he's doing pretty good. And uh, Good. so it'll be great to see him again. But uh, anyway, I'll be in that Laguna booth. Got you. But I look forward to that fishing show every year. See, you know, it's like old home week, you know, like a class mm-hmm. reunion. <laughs> you right. Know, you get to see everybody, get to see the guys uh, every year and uh, shoot the bull with them. But uh, anyway, uh, now I got tired of hauling all my stuff up there every year. And, uh, you know, you don't have any help. And uh, and when you break down, break down your booth, you look around and nobody's helping you. You know, I know it takes forever to haul it all out the back doors. And man, yeah, I know I've been there and done that for a lot of years. Oh yeah, me too, me too. About thirty years. Yeah, but it gets uh, old. anyway, anyway, but it's it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it every year. I enjoy seeing the people and meeting the people, and uh, seeing the old customers come by. Right. You know, a lot of them come, come by the booth and they say, get your book out, you know, and they get your book out and book a few trips. Yep. And uh, so it's, uh, it's always good. Uh, I always felt like, uh, you know, out of sight, out of mind. If, you, if you're not there to see your old customers, they forget about you, you know. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, I'll be there probably Friday and Saturday of the deal. I've got a seminar on Saturday, so uh, I'll definitely be there for Saturday. Yeah, I was but anyway, that earlier. Um, yeah, let's see here. Yeah, Saturday your seminar is at eleven thirty a.m. Right, that's right. So I'll be I'll be there doing that, and uh, I enjoy doing those seminars and talking to people. You know, we kind of swap stories and talk about where to fish and what to do and how to do it. 
or to go what to throw. <laughs> That's it, man. That's it. But um, but anyway, well, uh, I'm looking forward to this year. I think uh, I think we're gonna. I think we'll bounce back pretty good this year. I think we will. I don't think we got hurt as bad as a lot of. No, nah, it thought. was marginal from what I've been hearing. You know, just it was spotty. Yeah. You know, just spots, places. It well, wasn't like the, a whole damn place rolled up and everything died. No. You know. Well, the back lakes, the back lakes got hurt, but, and they, but like and they I always said, do, even with not even that big of a freeze event. Once that water gets, you know, forty or below, it just man, them shallow back lake fish, it just it gets them every time. Right. Every well, time. But like I said, what helped us was the tide was super, super low. You know, mm-hmm. so you're going to have fish trapped in those lakes. You know, it's going to happen. So, you know that that those fish got got killed. I mean, it's the bottom line, but. Uh, a lot of fish didn't, you know, a lot of fish were out in that deeper water. <clears throat> so um, nothing nothing beats the freeze of 83. I guarantee you that was the worst I've ever seen. That was a rip snorter there. That, uh, that hurt y'all. You know, it hurt us, but, you know, we probably lost half our fish. But at that time and that period, we had so many fish, you didn't even notice it. Man. You know, like well, like y'all. I mean, it killed everything. I mean, all of y'all's fish. I mean, it. Well, oh, y'all yeah. had a few survive. You know, or you wouldn't ever come back. But you know what I mean. It. Uh, oh yeah. Y'all got zapped. There's something about right there in that coastal bend. Once you get down your way and towards Rockport, mm-hmm. it's like when those temperatures get that low. It man, it nukes those fish. Always has. Well, it, well, it stayed that low for so long. That's what did it. You know. It just, it was terrible. It got down to six degrees here in Port O'Connor. It was six. And uh, and it stayed well below freezing for so long, you know. And that's what killed everything. Mm-hmm. And plus the, the barge traffic up and down the intercoastal. I've never seen anything like it because you would run down the intercoastal and as far as you could run on both sides of the intercoastal, it was dead trout and redfish. Yeah, they roll Some. them up. I'm, that's... That's what's so sad about through your area where those fish get in there, you know, between Dewberry and mm-hmm. and the mainland and uh, the oh, barge. Yeah. They 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 seek shelter in there, and then those uh, that wheel wash just rolls them up, man. They're all stunned, <laughs> fills their gills up, oh, mud, yeah. and washes them up on the beach, man. Yep, that's right. That's it. You better know it. <clears throat> I mean, they don't have any other deep water to go to. That's it. No. Nope. That's it. I mean, you know, the bay system itself, I mean, the deepest water out there is maybe 12 feet, you know, 11 or 12 at the most, if you're lucky, you know. So, you know, in the winter. West Matagorda Bay, it's good and deep in the middle. But like Espiritu Santo, what's the deepest water in that? Seven or eight. Yeah. Yeah. And then as you go farther south the shallower those bays get you know oh yeah yeah exactly show water bay and oh man yeah i mean in the winter uh you know you can run across that bay sometimes i've seen it where you run completely across the bay and you can see the bottom all the way Mm -hmm. i've seen that water gets so clear oh yeah from the cold yep cold and clear i mean it's it's unreal but um, and then super low tide too. Yep. Yeah, and we get it, and we definitely get it. I mean, last this last week, we've had that low low tide, and uh, I mean, we had a super low tide. The uh, towboat towboat US uh, had good business. I'll guarantee you. <laughs> they <laughs> they make a good living people. down that way, boy. <laughs> Ooh, boy, I'm telling you, that in Cito, they they, uh, they pulled a lot of people off of sandbars, I'll guarantee you that. Yeah, because we've got a lot of sandbars and archer reefs. <laughs> if you don't know where they are, you're in trouble. Oh, yeah, buddy. Cliff said there's still a bunch of boats uh, still sitting out down south of him that are just there <laughs> till the tide comes back. You know, these low tides, they, they got it up in there, they ran aground, and then there's no getting them out. Oh, yeah. Oh, I had a friend had a had an eighteen shallow sport, and those those boats were running spit. I'm and, telling uh, you, yeah. And uh, 
a buddy of mine had one. He had it stuck in mule slough here. He had it in there for two weeks. He thought he's got to get a, get a helicopter, come get it. <laughs> yeah, but finally the tide came back in. He could get it out. Well, I had a I had an eighteen child sport with a with a double setback plate, a jack plate on it, double mm-hmm. setback. I mean that boat would run in nothing. I mean you know, kind of like that Mayak redfish line. Remember those things uh-huh. were running nothing too. Hey, when you go That's sticking right. stuff like that, I mean if I was a towboat guy, I'd go, what kind of boat are you running? Well, I'm running a Mayak redfish. I swear, there's no hope for you. There's no way I can get close to you. If you ran yeah. that ground, you're in big trouble. Well, I'll have to go get the airboat. That's mm-hmm. it. We're going to have to call yep. airboat company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. I was uh, I was running from Conti back into Fifth Lake one time, and, and that's, that stretch, there is no turning around. I mean, you, you're committed. You know, it's just, it's just a straight You just got to go with it, huh? Yep, you got to go with it. I mean, you know, and I had customers, and and uh, one of them was standing <laughs> beside me, and he went, "Oh my God!" He was looking back, and behind the boat, you look back, and and there was just from my wake, there was no water. It was just yeah, there mud was just and, mud with smoke coming out of it. Yeah, <laughs> <Top> smoke. <laughs> That's it. And it was just mud and grass, and he went, "Oh my God!" <laughs> yeah, that's skinny right there, Boa. That's skinny. Yep. That is skinny. But then once you got into Fifth Lake, it got deeper. You know? Right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, when you're yeah. running along and you feel that boat raise up and speed up, you're going, man, I just uh-huh. hit some skinny stuff right here, buddy. And you look back, oh, oh yeah. man, don't let off of it. <laughs> yep. Keep going. You, you, feel the, you feel the boat flatten out. You go, yep. oh. <laughs> Boy, just raise up and flatten out and the speed picks up. <laughs> here we go. We're skating on thin ice now, boys. Uh-huh. You jack that motor all the way up. <laughs> oh, that's oh, crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't let up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Been there and done that. Yes, More sir. We'd fish them tournaments over in Louisiana, and them guys get back in them ponds. <laughs> They'd be running in there, burning them, <laughs> looking for redfish, <laughs> looking for the mother load, uh-huh. run them aground, and it's the only way they're getting out is airboats. That's, that's, you're done. It's over. That's right. That's you right. Or history, and and you're lucky to get a cell signal, or you can call somebody for help. That's that's what's scary. Oh yeah. I wouldn't want to sleep yeah. in that marsh. I wouldn't have any blood <laughs> left the next morning. Oh my goodness! Isn't that the truth? It's sucky dry. Oh man! It's like you know, when I grew up hunting down the Sea Rim Marsh down Sabine Pass. Man, oh man, we we walk across that prairie going <laughs> to another pond, and the mosquitoes were so thick that you'd inhale them. You know, you yeah suck up your nostrils. I mean, I don't know how the cows can breathe out there. Oh man, they were just they were thick. I mean, and big old brambles brambles out there, bramber bulls, and uh, and well, that's a tough they, tough cow. They had to be. They had to be. But I mean, you know, and then back then, when, you know, the only mosquito repellent we had was six twelve. Remember 6-12. that? Six twelve. They don't light. They don't even bite. No. And uh, like I said, those six twelve, you put it on your hands and and then rub it on your arms and stuff, and, and it would take the varnish off of your shotgun. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was. was. <laughs> Just think what it was doing to your skin with all that deep. Oh my goodness! But it it did get the mosquitoes off of you. My brother oh my said that stuff they rubbed on over in Vietnam. <laughs> he said I, he said it had to be a hundred percent deep, but it'd keep them bugs off of you over there. But uh, remember, you could buy it at the Army surplus stores. Yeah, yeah, you and, could. Uh, came in that little bottle. Everybody put it on their, in their helmet, you know, on a strap. Mm-hmm. Here, that insect mosquito dope. It was dope, yep. all right. Yep, that's right. But it it worked. No doubt about it. My brother said, "Hey, I probably." He said, "I've been covered in Agent Orange," but he said, "I don't." He said, "I probably won't die from that. I'll probably die from that mosquito dope." <laughs> <laughs> probably, that's probably right. Yeah, I had that old six twelve. I remember I, I had an old eight seventy twenty gauge, right? And eight seventy Remington twenty gauge, and uh, I'd rub that six twelve on my hands and put it on my <laughs> arms and face and everything, and it literally took the varnish off the forearm with that shotgun it would the the varnish should be sticky on the yeah. forearm of that 20 gauge melted 
Just melt oh that goodness. varnish. That's nuts. It would. It would. Yeah, yeah rub some of this on, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have to worry about mosquitoes. No. But I've walked across that marsh in uh, Sea Drift, I mean in uh, Sabine Pass, when you had to almost turn around and walk backwards into the wind. I mean, uh, to try to try to get some wind to blow in your face uh, so that you could breathe because they're, the mosquitoes were so thick. Yeah. Just clouds of mosquitoes. Oh, it was just horrible. We horrible. used to wade the wildlife refuge a lot in Anahuac. Me and James and Blaine, we'd, we'd drive in by car and wade all in mud flats back there in the wintertime, man. And them fish always turned on right about dark. We'd be out there in the middle of nowhere, 200 yards from the bank on a low tide. And whew, once those mosquitoes found you, those trout oh, had man. to be big or you'd just have to walk out of them. You couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. I've still got an old picture. I had a white uh, kind of a wool-like felaw cap on. Corduroy is what it was. And keep your head warm. And <laughs> I'm holding up a big stringer and Plog took a picture of it. And that flash, it it looked like a halo all the way around me while I'm holding those fish up where that flash grabbed all them mosquitoes, man, that were swarming me. Oh, God. It's, yeah. Oh, it's terrible, man. <laughs> and it was worth it. Boy, we used to catch some big fish right at dark over there. My goodness, oh, it, they'd pull in. When they pulled in, it was absolutely stupid. But the mosquitoes oh, pulled in, too. <laughs> yeah. You can, bad, you can still bad, hear them bad. humming. You can hear them humming. <laughs> oh, yeah. And don't oh, don't leave your door open to your truck while you're getting your waiters and stuff off with that light on oh, in there. You, you couldn't even breathe in your truck going home. It'd be so full of them. It's crazy. I know it. Oh, All right, I got another break. Let me knock this one out, and we'll do it again. Right. How about some of that? All right. Well, I need to take a moment to tell everybody about the Belleville Meat Market. Real easy to find. Downtown Belleville, look for the big white sign. Their processing facility and meat market are right next door to one another. Just, you know, exit Sealy at I-10 or Hempstead at 290 and go downtown and uh, pull into the best meat market there is. Nothing nothing better than their quality cuts of grade A pork, beef, and chicken. And their pecan smoked sausage is second to none. They have free samples available. You can try it before you buy it. And uh, check out their full menu of pecan smoked barbecue. They serve that Monday through Sunday, 10 to 7. And their wild game processing they make many dogs and hog dogs out of your own venison or wild pigs. You can bring something home from your hunt. The entire family can enjoy all year long. Just check out their menu on all their processing. They they make some really good product there. Monday through Saturday, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. And the Belleville celebrating over 42 years serving the greater Houston community. That's the Belleville Meat Market, where meat is our middle name. I go out walking after midnight out in the moonlight just like we used to do I'm always walking after midnight searching for you Good morning welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show 538 in Bayou City All right Lynn we are back Yes sir but anyway we We've had a few rough trips in that salt marsh with those mosquitoes, I guarantee you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I, I was walking across that prairie down there one time with my dad. And the mosquitoes were just thick, and there was a herd of cattle out there. That they, Like I said, they were brammers. And uh, I asked my dad. It was dark, and I could, but the moon was lit. And I could see those those brammers out there. And I said, and they were between us and the pond that we were headed to. And we were going to have to walk right through that herd of cattle. And I said, I said, Pop, what are we going to do? He's, we loaded our shotgun. And he said, well, if, if if one of them charges us, we'll just have to kill him. I said, I guess so. Bring him down. Yeah. And, uh, but we walked right through them. None of them charged us. But uh, we walked right through that herd of those primers, bulls. And uh, they just looked at us in the dark. And uh, they they separated. Like, look at these fools. <laughs> yeah, but you know, nobody comes uh, at us like that. <laughs> yeah, I've heard of them actually dying out there from inhaling so many mosquitoes. Yeah, suffocating from them. Yeah, 
Yeah. And I believe it because uh, they were just so thick you couldn't you couldn't breathe. Mm. You know. Oh man. I don't know, I don't know how they they survived. I really don't. But boy, it was, it was rough living out there. That's that's a tough way to make a living. <laughs> Well, I remember driving down there every morning to go duck hunting when we hunted the White Ranch a lot, and I'd uh, come from Beach City around the back of Trinity Bay, and when I'd hit 1985 from the Y right there to 124 there, old Winnie Highway, you better have a full reservoir of windshield washer fluid. I mean, it just, uh, Mm. and if you were pulling a boat, your boat was just covered in them. And blood. They've been sucking on them cows all night. And man, I mean, it, it's a mess. Mm. They just get so bad. God, man. Pitiful. Nobody mind. Uh, it brings back a memory. This old buddy of mine had, a, had an airboat and he had, he had a, a 0540 Lycoming engine on it and he had had it rebuilt. And uh, he said, man, he said, I need to put some time on this engine, breaking it in. And, and uh, we went down to Winnie and uh, we went down the road toward high island and uh we launched at the intercoastal yeah and we hunt, hunted down there yeah and we hunted down there uh in one of the ponds down there on the island and uh we hunted and, and uh we got through hunting and everything and we were headed back to winnie and uh this buddy of mine said that we stopped at this barbecue place here in winnie and i uh, got some barbecue and he said hey look he said uh, i need to put a little time on this motor how about if uh, I get up on the boat and crank it up? And he said, uh, you get in my car. He had an old Cadillac. He said, uh, just put it in neutral, and and I'll just crank it up and push the car down the road. I went, okay. <laughs> so uh, I'm I'm in the Cadillac and the old Cadillac, and he's pushing that Cadillac down through downtown Winnie. With an airboat. In, with the airboat going through downtown Winnie toward Interstate 10. <laughs> and so we go through downtown Winnie, which wasn't very big anyway. I mean, there weren't many stores and everything. And we go through the town. People are coming out of the stores and stuff with that loud airboat pushing this Cadillac. And they're applauding us as we go through the town. And look at these rednecks. <laughs> yeah. And so we get Only in Winnie. We get to the interstate and we're stopped. <laughs> And uh, I figured he's going to get in the car and figure he's through. And he said, hey, everybody like that. Heck, let's turn around and go back. So we turned around, went back, did it again, <laughs> and uh, went back through there again. Everybody was out there applauding us again. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, that was back in the old days. Yeah. yeah about all he had over there was, a you know, an old motel in, uh, in uh, Western Auto. That's about maybe it. Maybe a that burger joint. <laughs> It wasn't much. That that wasn't much there. That was entertainment for the weekend. Yeah. Oh boy! Never boat pushing a Cadillac. <laughs> oh boy! Well, I thought I'd heard it all. That one right there takes a cake, Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. But uh, we didn't get arrested or anything. But uh, uh, that was entertainment. I remember anyway. back in the day, we'd there off 1985. We'd uh, Blaine and I would launch our uh, our big boats right off the highway there into Oyster Bayou, right there at the bridge at 1985, and it just had an old mud ramp there. And uh, we had this guy pull up one day and said, "How y'all gonna get them boats out of there?" I said, "Y'all don't even have four wheel drive trucks." I said, "We're gonna push them out with that 200 horse motor right there." And he said, I got to see this. Well, Blaine, he backed in, and I drove mine up on the trailer, and he put it in gear, and I floored it and pushed him right out. He didn't even spin a tire. And uh, there, there's a lot of things you can do, you know, if you need to put in and go. Mm-hmm. That's let right. That, let that outboard push that truck out. Heck, yeah. Absolutely. You betcha. Yeah, we were uh, we were sitting on the front porch of a buddy of mine's place down here, Lane Road, and uh, we had there was an old Vietnamese guy, Crabber, and he was uh, trying to get his boat out, and uh, I guarantee you, the tires on that old truck had no <laughs> tread whatsoever. I mean, there wasn't a, a, a tread showing on those tires, and he couldn't pull that boat out. He had so many crabs in that in that boat. 
I mean, he had big old 55 gallon drums and they were full of crabs. My and uh, he couldn't get that boat to pull that. He couldn't get that truck to pull that boat out of the ramp. No one anyway. Well, we're sitting out on that porch and we're watching this, having a, a, a cocktail. Mm. And I said, Hey guys, I said, let's, let's help this old boy pull his boat out. So we got off the porch. We went out there and got on the back bumper of his truck and bounced up and down and, and I got him some traction and, Boy, he was able to pull that boat out of the ramp, you know, and he pulled it out. And, boy, man, he was so grateful. He came over here. He wanted to give me a 55-gallon drum of crabs. <laughs> I said, no, no, man. No. Uh-uh. No, I ain't no, feeling no. that crabby. Uh-uh. That's a lot no, of crabs. No. Oh, what are you going to do with them, you know? Yeah. Oh, he was thankful. Like I looked at those back tires. He didn't have a tread visible on those tires. Not one. Bald tread. eagles. Balls. I mean, slick. <laughs> you know, I that see that a lot nowadays. People just, you know, when I go somewhere, I, you know, I was a tire man all my life, and I always look at tires on cars. I'm, I'm just that way, and I can't believe people running around driving all these high speeds on freeways and everything else with ball tires. Man, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just they're living on barred time. You know, when we had that when we had that real hot spell you know, this year, uh, then that real, real hot spell, and it got well over a hundred degrees. Mm. And uh, I saw a lot of, of, uh, tires that were just, uh, laying on the road. I mean, pieces of, off of tires. It, it tore up a lot of tires. I'll guarantee you. Yeah. It heat, uh, you know, if they're just barely underinflated and you got hot weather like that and running down the road, that, uh, heat builds up inside those tires so bad. It'll sling them to pieces and they'll just explode. Yeah. It was hard on uh, on boat trailer tires too. Really oh yeah, boat trailer those. tires are the worst. Yeah, you know it's yep. it's uh, hard to get a good trailer tire, you know, because you're you're running a truck with twenty inch tires on it and you're hooking them down the highway and you look back there and if it's got little thirteen inches on there or fourteens and you know a heavy boat and a load capacity, they just you know. If you if you can can get ten at least get ten plies for these boat trailers. Oh and, yeah, uh, for sure. Because boy, that heat builds up big time, and they'll just explode. Yeah, for sure. Or yeah, they'll sep- you know the tread will separate, and it's you know it's tough. Yeah, what well, happened to me? I was uh, I was going to head to Rockport. I was uh, going to Rockport trailer in my boat, and uh, it happened to me just after I went through Sea Drift. And uh, man, I was on the highway there, and I I changed my tire and. Uh, a guy stopped and to help me and i said man i'm I'm through really but uh he said well, where are your head is i said well i was going to rockport but i'm fixing to turn around and go right back <laughs> to sea drift to coastline and uh i'm going to change my tires out i'm going to get all four whole all new tires yes on this trailer and i said uh i'm gonna go right back there and uh, get old marty strakers to put me four new tires on this trailer so that's what i did I said, I'm not taking any chances. And this, that's when it was really, really hot. And I needed new tires anyway. And I, I went back there. He had, he had me four new tires on my trailer real quick. And, uh, man, I headed to Rockport then. But uh, there's no sense in taking chances, you know. And uh, those tires have been on my trailer for a while. So I said, man, I'm due. I'm due for new tires anyway. Right. And so, anyway, I'm... And I've changed out the axles on my on my trailer too. A couple well, there's of times. nothing worse than pulling a boat and and you, you never uh, have a breakdown, a tire problem, or any other bearing problem unless you're on a real busy freeway or something like I-10 or whatever. You got to pull over and deal with that mess. That's just uh, oh, so dangerous. And it is. It's it is. Uh, you know what's a human life worth? It's better just go down and buy all new tires. And uh, yep. I need to do that on mine. Mine are mine are old enough now. I've still got good tread on them, but it, I, you know I worry about the age of them. And yeah, uh, that's it. It's time to refoot everything. Put all new rubber down. That's right. They start cracking on you, and that's yeah. You if you see any kind of sidewall or you know dry cracking, now you get them off of there. Yeah, yeah. Because there's that's, that's a that's a waiting time bomb right there, man. Oh, I'm telling you. Especially if you pull a lot. Yep. And, you know, I see it every year 
people have their boats in the stalls and everything. And then uh, once spring hits and uh, and they pull them out of the stalls and they get down here and uh, and they start having problems at the ramps. And uh, and then they wonder why they're having the problems. Well, that boat's been sitting in the stall all winter. Yeah. You know, and then they pull it out. And then they then they try to crank their motors, and their motors won't crank. The gasoline's old. They didn't put any treatment in the gas, and uh, and <laughs> then they wonder what happened, you know. <laughs> and the mechanics are just rubbing their hands together, you know. But uh, you know what used to irritate me back in the day when you know everything, all the engines were carbureted, and you'd get somebody put in, and they're afraid to trim that motor down. For whatever reason, I don't know, they'd barely have the lower unit in the water, and they're sitting over there pumping the bub and spinning on that engine like crazy. And I don't know how many times I did it in my lifetime, walk over and say, hey, if you'll trim that engine down, make it level, and let those carburetors fill up with fuel, and those bowls will be level, it'll fire right up. And sure enough, it'd trim it down, pump the bub, and it'd fire right up. They said, how'd you know that? I said, well, <laughs> it's not rocket science. Yeah, yeah, I know. And, you know, uh, ethanol ate the rubber out of my fuel pump. Oh, yeah, it, that, it, that, it that's did. a killer. And and I, I added additive in my fuel every single time that I fueled up, every time, regardless. I mean, religiously, I added it, but yet it still ate the, the rubber out of my fuel pump. That ethanol deal, man, that was just... Uh... Poor old Skeeter, God rest his soul. That was just his biggest pet peeve. He said that has destroyed more engines, outboards, car engines, everything. Mm-hmm. You know, all because of the, you know, EPA. Yep, that's right. And uh, and Yamaha did not cover that, and uh, I had to I had to bite that bullet. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, anyway, keep that in mind. But. Um, I'm running nothing but uh, ethanol-free fuel now. That's all I run. It's more expensive, but hey, it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah, it is if you can get it. You know. Yeah. If you can get it, we do. It's worth it. We get it here. So. But you know, a lot of these uh, outboard companies they've retooled and they've come up with inner components like that now that the ethanol doesn't affect like it did years back. Yeah, I know. You know, according to them, remember the fuel hose problem? Remember that right. big-time gray fuel hose that had the plastic liner inside of it? Mm-hmm. I mean, that ethanol would eat that up. I had some, I mean, a brand-new engine put on, and that fuel hose couldn't have been three months old. And I was over at Sabine Lake, and I'd get up on plane, I'd be running along, and it'd just shut down to just low RPMs, just bogging. And you'd go back there and press on the bub, and you'd get enough fuel coming through there, it would expand that plastic liner inside that hose, and that's what it was. It was just sucking flat and was starving the engine for fuel. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went, you know, I went back with some really big time stuff after that. That black hose without a liner in it, and uh, but you got to be careful. Some of that hose, if you buy cheap stuff, that ethanol will break it down, and then the particles from it, you know, the inside, it'll start trashing out, stopping up you know, your injectors and everything else. Mm-hmm. So that's bad deal. Well, I, had the, I had the right hoses, and uh, but yet the ethanol ate that rubber. Well, it, my it, fuel it ate the uh, diaphragm out of the fuel pump. Right. And my, my filter was black, absolutely mm. black. And so uh, we cleaned the filter out and everything. And uh, the first time it happened, and uh, oh, about a week or so later, I uh, had the problem again and uh brought it in and we checked the fuel filter it was black again and that's what it was it was the the rubber from the fuel pump and it was just wow. you know it ate it out oh yeah i mean just ate it terrible terrible stuff man terrible so this anyway. day and age having problems yep. like that because of the fuel yep yep I don't blame you. I'd run pure non-ethanol, too. If you can get it, why not? Yeah, you bet. You better know it. Only costs a little more to go first class, buddy. That's it, man. You got it. (laughs) All it takes is money. 
Oh, God, yeah. Nothing to it. It grows on trees. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. (laughs) All right, Lynn. Well, hey, it was sure good talking to you, buddy. If somebody wants to come down and fish Port O'Connor with you, give them a number so they can get a hold of you, man. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, 361-935-6833. All right, buddy. Well, you have a good weekend. What's left to it? And I'll talk to you next week. Be safe, my friend. Sounds good, man. Thanks, Lynn. See you. All right. All right, that's Captain Lynn Smith down in Port O'Connor. Phone lines are still open. Hadn't got any calls here lately. Give us a call if you uh, want to talk about these new limits and, uh, you know, you got any good ideas or predictions or whatever. Let's talk about it. Give us a call at 713-572-4610. All right, top of the hour break. We'll be right back after these messages. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.